If you are all terribly quiet, you may become aware of a kind of subtle din which pervades this room. That is caused by a ventilating machine. What is happening is this. Every time you breathe in, you take in a whole sconch <laughs> of oxygen, which you retain, and you let your corpuscles ad-lib. When you breathe out, you blow out a big poisonous bubble of carbon dioxide. Now, that is poisonous to us, but not to flowers. <laughs> flowers, in the process of photosynthesis, and this is, of course, when they are manufacturing chlorophyll. And isn't it odd that in spite of chlorophyll, some flowers stink? <laughs> flowers, in the process of photosynthesis, they breathe in carbon dioxide. And they blow out oxygen. Isn't that something? From Shelley Berman in a 1950s Peter Gunn episode. That's the theme song from Bat Masterson. Pretty cool, huh? We're going to continue the uh, Peter Gunn, Bat Masterson themes in this podcast, whatever else we do. So I thought that would be a nice way to start you out, and now we'll just kind of slide into Peter Gunn, that P.I. at Mother's... That's right. That speakeasy that's now legal. Pooh's Place. A place where you can knock at the door and somebody comes looks through a peek hole see if you're okay are you okay i don't know who are you back when the west was very young there lived a man named master son he wore a cane and derby hat they called him bat bat master son Man of steel, the stories say, but women's eyes all glanced his way. A gambler's game he always won. His name was Bat, Bat Masterson. The trail that he blazed is still there. All right, continuing our fascination with Bat Masterson. It's um, interesting that in the episode, The Inner Circle, this is what I really dug about the 50s. They were still teaching us history. And this episode was about Wyoming, which was the first state, the first place to pass a law 
of women having equal voting rights to men. Now, I know everybody thinks it's ancient history back in the 1880s, but this is something that should not be forgotten. And to see something about a real-life figure doing a real-life part of his life supporting women's suffrage, it just goes to show you that we really don't well, I should say it this way. We can't let them rewrite history because history is the great record of wonderful achievements. We don't want to have the record of the greatest evil the world has ever known. And we're kind of at that place, you know. You can be on one side of the Rubicon or the other. I've crossed the Rubicon. I have been to the mountaintop. I have seen the promised land. And like Martin, I may not get there. But I know someday we're all going to understand why being human is special and we don't have to be superior or inferior. We don't have to be augmented. We don't have to be anything except learn to be kind, learn to deal with the psychology that it is being human, learn to love, learn to forgive. Things that the new masters want you to forget are even possible. Okay, to help us all understand what we're going through, um, in late January 2020, right after the beginning of the first of the year, it was obvious that the record large market-to-market -market losses booked at the end of the last year were $3.8 Now, this is Comex Gold and Silver. Well, the big shorts have been underwater with their concentrated short positions. They were able to rig gold and silver prices sharply lower into the third quarter. Do you realize what the rise in gold and silver means? That they no longer can control with their shorts the price of gold and silver. So, it's just that we're headed for something so incredibly epic that it, it um, pains me that people are not ready. I don't know how to prepare you much better. Because you come forward to July, early July, the biggest story, this is Theodore Butler uh, writing, for me is the absolute surge of physical silver coming into the world's silver ETFs, particularly the largest, SLV. This week another 10 million ounces came into the SLV on essentially what was a flat week. So the idea is what's going on? How, because people want to go into the ETFs where they think they have access to the bullion. And what Theodore here is, is saying is that because the price has been manipulated by J.P. Morgan and uh, probably a couple of others, that what's happening is they were able to cash, uh, to buy silver very cheaply. And, you know, they suppressed the price for a long time. 
So when they saw that it was the fabric was getting strained, um, they started buying actual physical gold and and taking care of uh, their contracts, uh, the shorts. So they're long now. They've got they got some silver, and they're sitting pretty, and they got some gold. And what they're doing is they're lending it out. This is the old bank game run on the stock market. They're lending it out. And people think that they have access to real silver and gold through the ETFs. Uh, no, you don't. So what are you going to do? I mean, people don't seem to understand that our economic system is untenable. And I've said before in my series, and maybe nobody listens to this, but for the future, if we don't value people, if we don't have intrinsic value, then we're going to lose. Because if we're only debts, useless mouths, parasites, I don't know where people got that idea, the first, the first law in all of the ancient religions, and certainly even in Genesis, take care of the garden. We're the gardeners. We're the caretakers. We're not the destructors. How do you justify destroying stuff? We're supposed to plant things. We're supposed to enjoy the fruits of the labor. That means all of us. We're intrinsically valuable. We're not parasites. Corporations are parasites. Governments can be parasites. Certain classes of people can be parasites. But people generally are pretty nice to each other unless you rile them up. And that's what true liberty is about. If you want liberty, you allow people to have a certain amount of liberty. And so you all just learn to get along at that level. Their liberty doesn't come over to smashing your window. But that's you can talk to people about that. Maybe you had an argument. When it gets to shooting people, that's different. And that's why... You know, getting back to our Bat Masterson uh, fundamentals, the idea that a, uh, a gun is really for defense and nothing else changes the whole look at guns. And uh, it's really interesting how that plays out in all the series because it's almost like nonviolence except when you have to defend yourself. Now, I will say, he handles that cane like a master.
Is logic the servant or master of reason? Well, taking us back for a moment all the way to Solomon who said there's nothing new under the sun, let's consider that in the light of the power of politics of presidential appointments. It's a very interesting situation. As we started off in the beginning, it was done mostly by class. The social class, just as you see in the Constitution, was based upon those who uh, had lands and etc. So the people were fairly responsible, but it was a different class. Not everybody was a part of it. In 1820, Congress enacted the Tenure of Office Act, uh, which was a reappointment of all federal officials every four years. And that got over the class stuff. But then came in the politics of parties. The politics of parties is a very interesting thing because it's essentially the the history of, of corruption because when you start doling out sinecures, you end up expecting, you know, something in return, kind of like the Godfather. I'll call upon you sometime, and I'll expect you to do your duty. I'll take care of this one this time. Okay, Jackson did that. And Jackson was trying to get rid of the, the class, and he believed that it should be open to the broader public. But it didn't lead to that, as, you know, the best aspirations of mice and men often lead astray. Okay, so, as it turned out, as a spoil system for who you were part of, you know, if you're in the Trumps, you're in the Trumps. If you're in the Bidens, you're in the Bidens. If you're in the, the Blacks, you're in the Blacks. If you're in the, the Whites, you're in the Whites or something like that. Everybody's got their little tribe, and just like the tribes of the Old West, they fought each other all the time. Oh, you mean it wasn't peaceful? Not by a long shot. Because human nature is human nature. Somebody grabs your gal, what are you going to do, guys? Human nature is human nature. And what are you going to do, girls, when they grab your man? Human nature is human nature. And I don't care if you're playing roles, calling yourself men and women. There's still human nature. It led to a professional bureaucracy, and that's what we're laboring under now, a professional bureaucracy. Isn't that weird? Now, they tried to take care of that. The first civil service examinations were in 1873, and they were based on the concept of a class of merit, that you would work and be appointed meritoriously by, you know, having skills and experience. And uh, that led to the federal merit-based federal service system when President Arthur signed the Pendleton Act. Okay, so that sounds pretty good, except unions started then. And we have postal unions were particularly effective at lobbying for pay increases and tenure protections. And that shows you how important the, the postal system is. And quite frankly, people forget that Benjamin Franklin was a genius. And those post offices were not just placed because they were fun to look at on a map. They were strategic locations in case there was insurrections, invasions, uh, cataclysmic events, uh, the hand of God, so to speak, um, storms, hurricanes, whirlwinds, you name it. It was a way to tie 
the country together with communications. And quite frankly, I think the Postal Service should be in charge of the Internet, not Google, not Facebook, not Twitter, but that it should be one of the basic things that the, that the government does. The postal system is one of the few direct duties assigned to the government, and they've tried to privatize it. Now, I could go into that with, you know, Dick Blum and Dianne Feinstein, but we stopped them from stealing the Berkeley Police Office. Excuse me, not the police office. They probably got that, but the Berkeley Post Office. Ah, oh, dear, the Berkeley Police. They're fun people to play with. I've played with them many times over the years. Anyway, um, we have then the unionization the, from the Lloyd La Follette Act in 1912. Notice how we're getting around the IRS and we're getting to the central banks and unions and corporations being people and all of that. So we're no longer under a government. We're under a new feudal system. And the feudal system was based first in class, then on spoils, and then on merit, and then on cronyism. That's where we're at now, cronyism. Uh, and part of that is the unions, because the unions then were able to get certain things for their members. But they mostly enriched their union presidents. And you see today the large unions, like the SEIU, actually don't do much directly for their union-paying members, but they use those monies for what they call social justice. And so they can cause great harm to anybody that they want. A lot of times it's, it's, it makes sense. Uh, you know, they need some higher wages or they're not being treated as human beings and that kind of a thing. But in the modern world, it's mostly just back and forth bullying between unions, union presidents, and um, lobbyists and <laughs> government officials. So I, I think we've fallen into the last stages of the empire. And this shift of strategy away from one size fits all to an agency specific model based on cronyism and packing the people in the administration rather than having holdovers. Or if you're clever like Obama, you get holdovers forever. And it accelerated at the start of the 21st century. This is all brand new. Okay? And looking at a chart here, uh, it looks like we were doing great with the federal civilian jobs and traditional merit system. It was going up and up and up. It just, it was a wonderful situation. And then in 1966 to 68, it plummeted. I mean, it, it dropped back to the levels of 1926-33. And it's been going downwards towards 1912 and 1903 as the jobs are no longer from merit. But we do have a wage system now. That's, that's that whole thing about what's your grade, you know, I'm 17, I'm, I'm GS1 or whatever. And it's interesting to note that senior level and scientific professionals um, and non-managerial 
and professional jobs are covered under the Senior Executive Services pay schedule or the Executive Schedule. Okay, not GS, not the General Schedule. That's ABC and all that kind of stuff. But the Executive Schedule is set by the Executive. And so it's dependent upon presidential nominations and political parties. And you know how those parties are. They don't know when to go home. So, that's where our U.S. attorneys and U.S. marshals come from. I guess at some time earlier, uh, it was a different matter based upon merit, not just uh, spoils again, the spoils of a nominating process. We had, you know, where Congress had to approve some, that was good. And then we had schedules A, B, and C, uh, positions in agency-specific personnel systems. That would be like the post office and all of that, not the IRS schedules A, B, and C. That's enough on the IRS. I think they should be abolished with the corporations who have done so well by them. Now, examples of agencies with broad exceptions from the traditional merit personnel system. Dig this. Okay, you ready? Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, Federal Aviation Agency, United States Postal Service, Postal Rates Commission, Central Intelligence Agency, National Security Agency, Tennessee Valley Authority, boom, Federal Bureau of Investigation, the General Accounting Office, the Panama Canal Commission, the Board of Governors, the Federal Reserve System, the Peace Corps, the Railroad Retirement Board, Overseas Private Investment Corporation, OP. Other People's IC, OPIC, uh, Other People's Investment Cash, Nuclear Re Regulatory Commission, Federal Elections Commission, and God knows how many more. Okay, so that's why you hear about loyalty, loyalty to party, loyalty to the president, loyalty to, you know, the person who gave you the job as the most important thing. And that started with Nixon. And he also started with professional recruiters so that he did not know the people he was actually, you know, going to hire. He had, he had somebody else pick the pool for him. Oh, great. No wonder AI is, is something they all want. Because AI is about as stupid. Yeah, let me pick. Don't, don't ask what my criteria are. <laughs> Just let me pick a few for you. And then you come along and you pick out what you want and we'll go from there. Right. Okay, so, is there anything more we can say? I don't know. I just don't know. I think what we need is to go back to a merit system that is open to all people. And once again, that brings me back to the idea that, you know, when I was studying um, this whole thing about meditation and whatnot, I was in India, and I was doing all these incredible mudras and, you know, etc. Breathing, you know, sitting, you know, the charnel ground, the Rishikesh, the Ganges. And it came to me, whether it was Samadhi or not, that in actual fact, this could not be the way because you have to be pretty smart to do yoga properly. You have to be very smart about the nadis and the changing of the guard, the nostrils, back and forth. <coughs> you have to be very conversant with a memory. 
you've got to remember all these chakras, you've got to remember all these vowels and ohms and you name it. Is that, is that what enlightenment is about? Only, only the truly accomplished, I mean, this is not for everyone, this is only for the special. How could that be? That's just another delusion of, oh, look, I'm godlike. I'm goddess-like. What in the world are we thinking? Those are great hygienic practices, but without humility and knowing what you're doing with those so-called cities or gifts, um, you're lost. And until you're found, I think all of us in the Lord will help the Lord keep looking for you. You know, it's never too late to repent. And the Lord has always made it clear there's nothing you can do that He can't forgive you for. She can't forgive you for. And in fact, they're called Elohim that they can't forgive you for. Welcome to Bunny County, seat of Carrick County. This is your host and raconteur, Jack, Jack Rabbit, Sheriff, to you, Sheriff Jack Rabbit. Yeah, that's right. And I'm going to bring you some tales that'll curl your whiskers, frizzle your tail, and change you from white to black if that's what you want. Back in the old west, Old Bat Masterson, who, you know, I'm actually learning some history here and also learning some things that you can do, um, you know, that we have, have lost the ability to do. But I want to tell you about the Dodge Peace Commission. Now, Bat not only helped with women's suffrage, he brought to an end the wild and woolly days of the corruption when it became a state there and the governor had to have hands off of Dodge, and of course the bully of Dodge was in control. Well, Bat brought out all of the gunslingers of the Old West, Wyatt Earp, and, and I guess there was a guy named Short, and another guy named, uh, what was it, Clark, or something like that. And he had five gunfighters of you know fame. And it was a, a perfect, a perfect use, and, and exhibition of Bat's major premise about gunfighting and peace. He always he had a good sense of right and wrong, so he was always looking to do the right thing, and he followed it through with logic and reason. 
So you couldn't get away with, with doing a bad act but being a good guy or being a bad guy and getting hung for doing a good act. Um, so the Dodge Peace Commission, when everybody drew, the gunfighters fanned their guns and disabled all of the bullies. Didn't kill them. Oh, they cringed. <laughs> they did. They knew they'd been out, out drawn. But it was interesting that all of the really good gunfighters shot for their gun hand and disabled them so they couldn't fight. That's what Bat meant by defense, only for defense. And he used that cane the same way, but he used it like a trudgeon. So you had to be careful. But I like the idea that people could be shooting people in the hand and stopping them from going anywhere with a gun in it. You know, we're a little bit too fast on the trigger for center mass rather than disarming. Here's breaking news. We're coming now from early July 2020. Chinese gold companies continue to pursue the acquisition of mining companies aggressively. It is worth noting China is already producing the most gold in the world. Recent acquisitions spree by Chinese companies <laughs> spree should send a signal to the market that the country will be strategically utilizing the precious metal in the future with regards to it being a reserve asset. Beijing is beginning to sound the alarm about the dollar's reserve currency status. Quo Zhuking, chairman of the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission, delivered a strong warning on the U.S. currency last week, which might explain all of the gold mining takeovers. In news from late January 2020, we have, not only is there no hope for monetary policy will save us from the next crisis, it will help cause the next crisis. The process has already begun. The Fed's balance sheet should, could swell to $10 trillion during the next crisis. When the current bubble bursts, the Fed and global central bankers will see no alternative to flood the global financial system with central bank credit. This is a terrible, reprehensible prospect. But wait, that's exactly what happened. COVID, COVID, COVID. Hey, are you in a cult? Do you believe wearing a mask is helping your health? Have you seen professional assistance? No? The U.S. deficit is immensely growing, even though we're 10 years into an expansion. The debt is up because we're in expansion. Oh, my God. At the same time, the U.S. current account is very negative. The U.S. then consumes more than it produces. Oh, a nice consumer. You like termites. You eat everything up. I heard the youngsters say we were like parasites. Not me. I'm not a parasite. But I guess they are. I hope not. They also want to be robots. <laughs> and they think they're parasites now. Despite all of this, the U.S. dollar enjoyed a strong rally starting in 2014 because the U.S. was the first major economy to start raising interest rates. 
but now the U.S. is just about the worst current account deficit among developed countries. Yeah, in real money, it's gone negative, but it's not actually negative on the books that we see. But you put your money in the bank, you think you're making money? Uh, I think you're starting to pay for them to hold on to it. And guess what? Long-term rates are not very good. And and nobody wants to buy the new new bonds, so guess who's buying them? We are! All right, we're headed out. We're on the... Cold turkey's got me on the run. <laughs>